answered me. This is Bruce. This is John. And Blix is not with us. Yeah, there's no Blix with us. No Peter. <laughs> Blix is on vacation this week. The two of us welcome you all to the Fringeworthy podcast. Thank you for joining us once again, and we appreciate all of the emails and comments you leave on our website, and we hope to hear more from you. Oh, yeah. This week, what are we talking about, John? I think we're talking about time travel. <laughs> time travel. Time travel within a node or even larger Time travel in itself, though it's a great movie trope, it's really problematic in a role-playing game. Yeah. Because most role-playing games have a very distinct you know, beginning, middle, end. If you're not really, really careful, you can totally wreck your campaign. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. There's three different types of time travel in regards to Fringeworthy. First, there's the hard way, which is some form of stasis where you travel into the future either by freezing your body or putting yourself into some uh, atomic stasis field or using a time travel device that just punch you into the future and then you arrive and you're done. Yep. Time travel only goes one direction. That is a usually a very safe method. It can cause a lot of problems <laughs> because you're, if you travel a year into the future, unless everybody else is doing it with you, that means your character is out of action for the next year. Oh, yeah. And that's okay if there's a good reason for it. And we'll get into that. The second one is when you time travel, you're actually entering an alternate, which is at a different time point. In other words, it's time shifted. When you do you know, time travel, you're actually traveling to another alternate, possibly another alternate on the same node, or even an alternate on another node somewhere else entirely. So in other words, you're not really time traveling. You're just moving from one time stream to another that is synced up through the present because of the fringe yeah. path. That is also a safe method because you're not actually time traveling. The downside of that, of course, is the fact that since you're not actually time traveling, any changes you make in the past, if you wanted to make a change in the past, obviously it's not going to change the place you came from because it's a different universe. It's a different alternate. Then there's the third, which is the most standard method, the one we know all from stories and books, which is you're going, you just basically travel into the past or the future. However, return may be optional. That depends on how you're doing it, where you literally are using a device, a psionic power, or a spaceship that travels faster than the speed of light, which according to the laws of relativity means that once you go faster than the speed of light, you're actually traveling backwards in time. You're traveling outside your time cone and you can appear just about anywhere you want to. Are there any other methods of time travel that you're aware of, John? Actually, one that's unique to the fringe pass, that is a time-shifted portal. You step through and it sends you either into the future or past, especially if you're on a prime portal. This that could be that could be a problem. Oh, okay. So you're talking about using a, 
a problem portal to do time shifting. Okay, so that's still the, the basically the same thing of of using the going to the past or the future. You're in the past now, and theoretically, you could go find one of the other portals and come back in the past on the platforms. Okay, but first of all, let's talk about what time travel can do that's bad for you. Oh. <laughs> Talking to players and also the GMs, what do you have to look out for when it comes to time travel? Well, one of the problems as a, as a GM is if you have the players run into themselves before they go back in time. Right. Uh, role-playing games are a fine chaos generator. There's almost no chance at all that the players will end up doing what they're supposed to do. They well, may actually die in the process, and but he was there in the future, so you know you now have created a paradox at that point. Right. In a role-playing game, what happens once you've created a paradox? You ignore it and just keep on going. But yeah. <laughs> well, normal. No, I mean if you're if you're playing fair with it, then you basically have to yep. stop at that point and rerun all those events and everything that happened after that. If you're like a year into your campaign and you go back to the to the very first adventure you ran and you go back in time and you change something so one of your characters dies or something radically changes in your character or changes the events of your characters in that first adventure, you essentially might as well just wipe the slate clean of the rest of that last year's worth of events and start rerunning it from that point because yep. you, everything's changed. There's a real problem with breaking continuity if you do time travel. You have to be really careful not to do that. Unless, of course, you're a masochist and, and your players are and they really want to. This is, we really hate this campaign. We want it all to be different. Then it's a great opportunity to restart your campaign. They'll be fine to do that. But having introduced the ability to do time travel inside your campaign, then what's to stop someone it's later on happening again and this time wrecking something that you like? So you got to be real careful about that and about how you introduce it. Another thing that can happen is that you can negate player actions. By doing that, you basically make them less interested in the campaign. I mean, they're not really going to want to run the same adventures again, probably. You're going to have to say, okay, well, that means that they went in a totally different direction and these are all new adventures starting at this point. Again, re you're essentially rebooting your campaign. It also means that uh, your characters, if they are the original characters, that's fine. But if they're the people who've shifted backwards in time and they're now playing with all this knowledge of the next year's events, and I'm talking about events that happen outside of the player character control, like, oh, let's say the uh, fringe pirates come in, or let's say they discover the Meller. Well, now they're like, well, we know the Meller over at negative six, alternate four. So let's go back and tell Idet all about this. And let's go back to Earth, of course, and you know, uh, put all our money into, into certain stocks that are go booming and, and all this other stuff like that. I mean, that's the, the, the fantasy of time travel into the past is that you can take advantage of all your future knowledge. By doing that, again, your GM is going to have to go and say, okay, that means that all these things are going to change. If that happens then what's to keep somebody else from the future yep. from coming back and doing it to you? Uh, how about those French pirates? What's to keep them from going backwards in time after they've been beaten up by IDET and saying, you know, when those first French travelers come out, let's just kill them right there on the spot. We'll just go in and have a group of guys with their assault wagon staying right there, and every time someone comes through the portal, we mow them down with automatic weapon fire. Problem solved. That can happen if you if you play fair with time travel. 
there are role-playing games that have tried to do it. All of them have pretty much, well, failed in the process because you run into you run into paradoxes. You run into the players being far more clever than the GM, and they create paradoxes, especially in game. Uh, there was one uh, years ago by Timeline called Time and Time Again. You are a time cop. Well, that says, like, give them the keys to the candy store to the kids at that point. You're almost guaranteed paradoxes and changes in the past are going to happen at that point. You know, the player's going to go out there and kill Hitler when he's a kid. And here's something that could really make a difference to your game. Let's say you actually had some really good time travel. Mm -hmm. You traveled back, let's say, maybe 2,000 years. You get onto the fringe paths. The, the big system is in operation. And you go and tell them about the Meller threat, and you tell them about the key gack, and you tell them about all those things, and the Meller-Tremeller war never happened? Oh, yeah. Is the GM and the players ready for that? Because that's easy to do if you have time travel and exit out of the portal and then go and do whatever you want to do. Go on the French paths and, and interact with everybody else out there. I don't know about you, John, but my recommendation to everybody is – and I don't want to use the word nerf because that's not fair. But I'm saying is that you need to make sure that the time effects that you are engaging in are localized or you make it impossible for them actually to change present in any meaningful way. That was actually one of the main reasons people thought time travel was impossible, that you that you go back and change the past. You, there's the classic example is the grandfather paradox, where you go back in time and kill your grandfather before you're born. Before your dad's born or your mom's born, you never exist. A Polish scientist was researching this, and he decided to look at this through physics. And he came back and said, you know, you can't change the past. Wait, wait, you can't change it in meaningful ways. Any change that could radically change the past would be prevented from happening. Why? Because it would change causality. You're causing a paradox, and nature abhors paradoxes. It will not let you do anything that would invalidate the present. So there's a mathematical basis for this? or Yes, there is. This is just what he wants to say. Mathematical basis. Okay, so John, what you're saying is, is that according to this fellow, uh, time is slightly elastic, yep. but the end result of any action doesn't radically change that's true i mean if you lose your keys in your house it doesn't matter where you lose them it's the fact you just you've lost them and time is really and time is pretty elastic at that point you know you, you could have left your keys in the kitchen or in the bedroom or in the bathroom it doesn't matter you lost them the fact that you lost them is the only fact that matters paradox is impossible mm -hmm. if you have time travel you have to be able to deal with the possibility of paradox you have to define you know, what's going to happen when paradox should occur. Yeah. All right. And one of the things you can say is it can't happen, which is what this guy is saying. And uh, I refer to that as agents of destiny, meaning that the, the past is fixed. Everything that that happens has, you know, has already happened. Therefore, when you go into the past, you're merely assuming a role that the past has already uh, anticipated. And so, therefore, you're just everything that you do is merely performing your part. And at no time will you ever be able to do anything that will radically change the future as you know it. So, for example, is you can't go back to the 1860s and shoot Lincoln because something will happen. The, the horse will pull up lame. Mm -hmm. The gun will jam. You show up the wrong place. 
a steely-eyed Secret Service man and his sidekick, Armis Gordon, will wrestle you out of the box and onto the stage. So you might make a slight change in the future, but ultimately all you're going to really do is make um, a, a certain actor dance a little bit before he pulls yeah. out his gun and shoots the present. You can't really change any of the events that are going to happen. Sometimes you can't choose, change anything at all. You're literally a robot. You're basically following along your path, and you can't change anything. And it's only – they kind of dealt with that a little bit in the, in the first edition of yeah. Mage uh, from White Wolf. They said is that you have the ability to change reality as long as nobody's looking. Once it falls yeah. into public awareness – Okay, you know, not just his knowledge, mm-hmm. but the knowledge of other people, uh, the knowledge of what other people would use to make, take actions upon and therefore cause that ripple effect mm-hmm. of changing things through time. One of the theories I, I heard about time travel was they said that if time travel was ever invented, people would start changing the past and that would change the future. And other people from the future would then go back and try to change the past, which would change the future some more. And finally, you'd end up changing it so much that you'd make it impossible for the time travel device to be created in the first place. And then time travel would disappear and everything would be back the way it was, except there'd be no time travel. All right. Well, okay. So not to bore our listeners, you have to be play fair with your GM, first of all. You know, the GM has to know that okay, if I'm going to let people go in the past, if they're going to be able to change the past, then there are certain outcomes that are going to happen, all right? And there are certain possible futures mm-hmm. that will result from this. As players, you've got to be fair with the GM and say, look, he can't anticipate every possible outcome. So whatever future he assigns to your actions, mm-hmm. go with it. Yeah. He has a reason why his logic maybe match yours maybe it doesn't but you know he's he's the one who just did all the work to restructure his campaign to accommodate your actions in time travel so cut him some slack another uh, a possibility is you can't change the past in a meaningful way and if you try to change the past either a you get turned into a robot where you just can't do those actions or b which i think is a little bit more draconian you get destroyed the second before you pull that trigger to shoot the president or shoot John Quincy Adams or whatever, you vanish and your gun falls to the floor and, and nothing happens. Or time just simply rewinds back to the point where you entered the time stream or something important happened and just it just they're like, what was that? I don't know. It's white from everyone's mind. Time essentially resets itself. So you can't do that. Now, if the GM is nice then he'll boot you back out to the portal and or back to the future, and you'll be like, what happened? You caused a paradox, and the time stream kicked you out. If he's mean, then you you basically are dead. And he could do things that could warn you of that. You know, Maybe you're, all of a sudden you, know, you, you get this terrible feeling of impending doom. All of a sudden you feel like you're in a vice because time is pressing in around you and is about to eject you, and you can change your mind the last second. You're basically being asked to embrace the plot hammer, I think the better solution here is for you to go into this with the idea that you're not going to change the past in a meaningful fashion. All right? You have to basically drink the Kool-Aid. Say hi to Jay. Oh, hey, Jay. Hey. What are we discussing? Hey, folks. Jay Holly is back. We are talking about time travel and how to implement it uh, in a fringeworthy adventure. As a GM, I would not let characters actually travel into the past. I would split that off into a different timeline the moment they arrived. So they could change whatever they wanted. They were just creating a new alt, a new alternate universe. And that's built into the Fringe Path system since we have alternates on the alt platforms anyway. 
The fringe portals themselves act as a sort of reality anchor. They prevent that world from diverging because if it diverge, it diverges with the fringe portal. That's not how the Tamilian make fringe portals. They do it by finding these worlds and putting a fringe portal on them. So if there's a divergence, you're di- you, you've actually created not only a divergence of that world, you've created a complete divergence of the entire Tamilian network. I'm not certain if I'd buy that. If the PCs went into a world that was the past, it would have to be through a portal, and then the portal would be moving along that alternate, and they would go in and alter events in that alternate. Well, that's not necessarily true, Jay. You could use some kind of time travel device. You could use magic. You could use psionics. There's all kinds of tropes out there in the written word that's about how people could do time travel. And if you were to shift to an alternate, it could be an unmapped alternate. It could be an alternate that now that is not part of the fringe system, and now you're stuck in a world that doesn't have a portal. My solution to that would be to have them carry kind of a warp with them, a one-shot warp, so that they could get back through the portal onto the alt platform. Portal would be stuck to the original alternate, not the one they created by changing things. Or I'd say, haha, serves you right for trying to screw the GM. <laughs> When you create this alternate, the system creates a temporary warp that as soon as you exit it, it's going to break that off from that timeline, and that timeline is no longer accessible. So you essentially have a sandbox to operate in. Yeah, a uh, parachute so that if things get too far out of control in terms of creating alternate universes and altering history, that they can bail out and erase it. Right. Well, that's a good idea, Jay. I like that. I like the fact that you could go into a world where you could create uh, change the past, but it wouldn't change the future of the world that you were connected to by the alternate. Yeah. That would be a safe way of changing uh, the past without having to worry about paradox. Yeah. Now, we did talk about the fact that there is the Novikov self-consistency principle, which basically says you can't change the past in any noticeable way. It- I'm not familiar with the specific uh, with that specific formulation of it, but I remember a Nova uh, episode uh, 10 years ago now where a uh, physicist named Wheeler explained that. I remember asking about this on the fringeworthy email list uh, at Yahoo groups about just what the granularity is, how alternate is alternate. And, and alternate uh, could be as alternate as you want it to be. Or none. You can find an alternate world that's Earth Prime without the portals. Or you can find one that's, that's like Earth Prime number five, only in 1974 you had Wheaties for breakfast instead of cornflakes. And how right. could you ever tell? Or you could have Earth Prime that's exactly the same as your Earth Prime, except it in a far, far distant galaxy, you know, beyond the range of our most powerful telescopes, somebody decided to turn right instead of left. To my mind, that means it's really up to the individual GM to, de- to determine what level of granularity of, of alternate timelines he's comfortable with experimenting with. That's going to be boring, I think, if your alternates are too close. Okay, I stepped to the portal to a world where time travel is possible. So what the Tremelon do is that when you step through, when you and your team step through, the portal follows you as you go around. We go a thousand years in the past, there's the portal. You go a thousand years in the future, there's the portal. And it goes back to the same present on the platform that you, that you left. My head is just about ready to explode. Okay, but other than making that convenient for the players, what's the point of that? I mean, John, how are you going into the past? You know, there's a time machine in the corner. You put a, put a quarter in, you go back a hundred years. 
Well, why would the portal follow you in, uh, on, under those circumstances? In order to keep you anchored to the fringe system. The, the portal doesn't currently follow you around when you get in a car. And in a sense, it does follow you into the future because it's always because it's the same timeline. If there's time travel, you could even say that the portals was always there and always will be there. Or it's a warp, and the warp itself is basically being moved back and forth in time in this world by whatever means. You know, hey, if they can go back and forth in time, they can the the plat the platform system can move the portal, move the warp backwards and forwards in time as well. The GM has to decide what's going to make sense for his story. I like the idea where you could go into the past and the portal would be right where it was where you left it. I mean, no matter where you go in the past or the future, as long as time travel is available in that universe, the portal will be there. I mean, that's that's a nice convenience, you know, without having to travel back to it. Um, I don't like the idea that that because you're a time traveler, there's a portal following you into the past while there's another portal in the future. If you get out of crystal and you start moving the portal around in the past, because that's one of the powers that a crystal has, some of the higher level ones is to move the portal, the warp, let's say, to a different location. It suddenly is going to jump back You know, when you go back to the, the future. I'd much rather personally there only be one warp. Unless, of course, you split off an alternate timeline like you suggested, Jay, in which case it would still be in the same spot. It would just be mirrored in that timeline. Yeah, at least until the fringe worthy goes through it and allows the fringe, fringe path system to collapse it back out exactly. and withdraw from that. That sounds fine to me. One of the ideas I had was another problem portal. And again, all problem portals are basically fringe functions that are uh, misbehaving. And this was called a, a, a time shift portal. And what this did was, and this is violating what you said, Jay, uh, it, this is, it would send you back into the past a certain amount of time. You personally could not exit that portal until you synchronized back up to the point where you went through it in the future. So if you went back an hour, no matter how many times you went through the portal, you wouldn't go back through until an hour got caught up. And then you could instantly go back. You could have had an hour's worth of activity in the past and then instantly go back through the portal and reappear next to the people and say, oh, hi, guys. And they said, wow, you know, what happened to you? And he says, oh, well, I, it's only been like five seconds since you left. And I said, well, I, I had went into the past and I did all these things. Hey, let me see if I can restate this. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock relative to me when I step through the portal. When I step through the portal, I come out of the portal at 9 o'clock relative right. to me. And I can't go back to that portal until 10 o'clock in one second. Exactly. You can't travel into your own past outside of this world. You, when you go through the portal, you have a chronological timestamp. And until yes. your, your personal timestamp matches up to the timestamp of, of the fringe path, the portal won't work for you anymore. Okay, yeah, I could see that as a safety issue for the uh, fringe paths. And I think it's a good one because, you know, the the last thing I think the Temeller want was for the Meller to, like, travel back another million years and then start taking over everything. Building in time travel protections, at least keeping them localized to a single uh, node or a single universe, would be so a very a, smart thing for the Temeller to do. So there's a high-level time travel lockout on the system. It won't let you do that even though it's theoretically capable of it because the Termelon have told it not to. Right. And the lockout is on all the portals. Because say you're on a prime platform and you go through a portal that has a time shift problem. You have seven other portals you can go back through 
and end up back in the platform an hour before you left. Yeah, I would think none of the portals would let you through. Yes, I agree. Not only the primes, but also the system and the stars. Yep. Yep. Everything is connected. It won't let you through. If you can get to them in time. It may take you two or three hours to get to what get to the other one. Well, by that time, you're already synced up, and you can go right on through. Right, but if it sent you back in time, let's say, so the, five years, then you would have time to do that. So the fringe path has a paradox lockout. If you if something you if going through it would create a paradox, or you'd reasonably uh, create a paradox, the system won't let you through until the paradox can't be created. Well, I'm saying that uh, in this particular case. If there is a paradox created, it's localized. It doesn't okay. get outside of, of the of the node. It doesn't go through into the fridge path and, and affect other places. Okay. Right. Yeah. The, but again, that's a suggestion. It's not. It's not a rule. There are no rules in the game about this. We're just kind of, as they say, we're making this up as we go along, folks. We're throwing out alternatives alternatives for GMs to pick and choose from. Right. Now, you brought up the whole thing with the Prime, John, where you had one of the portals is a problem portal, and it can send you into the past of that world, while the other portals on the Prime aren't. So here you have a situation where you have the ability to time travel into the same world that people going through other Mm -hmm. portals are going to be going into the present. That creates that very same situation we were talking about, a paradox. According to what you were suggesting, Jay, you could have a team, they're all communicating, everything's going fine, and someone says, oh, wait. He says, you know, what's this button here? And all of a sudden, nothing happens, and you can't contact your team member anymore because that team member just shifted himself into an alternate uh, time stream of that prime because he just did something that radically changed the future. Okay. We're standing on a prime platform. We have gate A. Gate A is a normal gate. We go out, and it's the 21st of April on that world. Gate B goes to a nearby location, but it actually yes. opens onto the 22nd. So one guy goes through gate B. He's on. He's in the 22nd. He, he walks or hitchhikes or drives or whatever over to the location of Portal A and finds out that, that a booby trap there has wiped out the whole team. So he goes back to his portal, goes back to the prime portal on the 21st and tells him, don't go through there. That creates a paradox. Is that yeah. is that right? Is that is that what you're talking about? It didn't happen though, because as Bruce pointed out, if you're a day in the future, it takes a day for you to sync back up again. Not necessarily. That was just a suggestion. That was it's a good one. So it doesn't matter what happened to the team in the other portal. You can't do anything for a whole day about it. And how's that a good adventure? It's not. It's a horrible. Which is why we're bringing it up. Which is which? Which so so GMs who, who think they want to do that don't do that. <laughs> well, okay. My issue here was let's say it doesn't do that. You're in the future and you see what that when the guys go through the portal, uh, they're going to immediately die. Yeah. All right. So you go back and you say, okay, guys, don't go through that portal. You're going to immediately die. As long as every time they go through the portal, they immediately die, that's fine. But if there's some way of avoiding it, like getting into a tank or using special gear or stuff like that, the problem is is that now you're in the future, you can see whatever they're going to do for the next day before the players have run the adventure. Which is bad. That's pretty darn amazing, John. I had a GM do that to me once. He had a time travel where my character was coming in at the end of a loop, 
and he was ahead of me. He was a step ahead of me the whole time, and it was kind of spooky. But that's a guy who I've known for th- almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. We have talked ad nauseum, so he knew me pretty well. Okay. Uh, most of the time, if I'm dealing with uh, with somebody I don't know as well, or if I'm dealing with more than one person, I, there's no way in heck I'm going to be able to get that far ahead of him. Right. I couldn't I mean- run that. Exactly. I mean, you can do that in, in a narrative because you can write out the events and then you can say, well, then this person like went forward in time and we're going to place it back further in the narrative because he, he already knows what's going to happen because you just wrote it. But when you have players who are going to be going through this, it's, it's not going to work. Even with the thing of saying, OK, I got to wait a, a day or whatever to come back to the portal because I wouldn't a day in the future. The point still is that you would better be in a position to learn about all the things that are going to happen. And the best thing the GM could do is say, yeah, you learned all the things that are going to happen. and I'm not going to tell you what they are because I don't know them yet. So, guys, let's go ahead and run the adventure and we'll check back with your character in a day uh, when he gets a chance to go back to the portal. Yeah, camera pans away. Yeah, and the camera pans away from the character, and the and the player sits over in the corner and says, "Gee, this is fun." So bad, bad idea. But they had to bring it up though, because some GMs we consider doing that, and you think, "Oh, I'm gonna do time travel," and here's what I'll do: I'll have it, I'll have it in the future, and and then you realize, no, it's not a good thing. Take it the other way: the team goes through Portal B and sees what they do when they go through Portal A. They come back through Portal B. And then try to replicate that when they go through Portal A. If it's you know total party kill, then you know they may try to change that. As a GM, you may have to railroad them then, or you may just say, okay, you can change it then. Or you, every time they get to a situation where they could hurt themselves, the GM says, oh, but you remember from your trip through the Portal of the Future that if you pull that button, yep. you're all going to die. I don't think that would be very fun. For them to know they pushed the button, they would be there. So they actually, you would have to be running two different characters, one from the future who knows what's going on and one from the past who doesn't know what's going on. See, this is why think, time travel I, is such a problem. I think the lesson here is that time travel is not the GM's friend. Leave it alone. No, I think time travel is a good thing to do, uh, Jay. I just think that you have to keep yeah. in mind some things that don't work. Definitely the worst thing you can have is get in a situation where you're supposed to have future knowledge yeah. of your own actions. Unless, of course, you personally, as players, have gone through the events and then says, okay, now let's go back and change those events because it turned out really bad, in which case you then have to deal with paradox. I think that uh, there's a range issue there. If we're going 100 years into the past to, say, 1910, or 100 years into the future, say, 202110, then that's essentially a whole different world. It's not the same as going uh, a day or half a day into the future. That's where you're throwing in this kind of fuzziness, this kind of quantum fuzziness, where you say, well, if enough time passes, then things will kind of work their way back to the way they should be. And and so you can get away with some of these things from the standpoint of causality. The travel in the future can be fine. I travel in the future, and I see these terrible things that, have, that, that could have happened in the past, okay, or did happen in the past. I get back to the past, and then I change things mm-hmm. so that that future never happens. Well, now you create a paradox, but um, in most time travel type things, you basically say your timeline is still kept intact. Everything's fine. You know that could work. There's nothing. You know, it, from a standpoint of dramatic, it it works fine. Uh, going back into the past and changing your present is usually a bigger problem. Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure actually is a very good time travel story. They actually are very self consistent. 
they really don't cause any paradoxes. It is, except that the writers had full control of all the characters. Exactly. That's exactly the problem. And that's something the GM should be aware of. If you're going to, if you're going to include time, I hate to say this is episode is trying to turn it is starting to turn into what not to do with time travel than it is how to do time okay. travel. Well, that's why I keep trying to say things you can do. <laughs> okay. Um, if I if I'm looking at the positive side, what you can do with time travel, it boils down to the same questions about pretty much every adventure. Can can I pin the characters on a question of what's right and wrong, and which way are they going to jump? Yeah. I mean, if you see in the future that the only way to solve the problem is to sacrifice yourself, will you sacrifice yourself to solve the problem? Or a question from, you know, ethics and communications classes, you know, uh, you see a train barreling down on five people, but you can switch it to another track where it'll hit one guy. What what do you do? Yeah. Well, I think that's part of all fringeworthy games. Yeah. You're the wild card is being introduced into what would be normally a causal situation. The Indians are heading toward Little Bighorn, uh, or and the uh, Custer's coming in the other direction. But you throw a big keg of tear gas into a middle, and everybody goes home that day. Or you say, I really like the Indians. I want them to be even more successful. Uh, <laughs> or I, I really like the Indians, and if they do this, then they're going to lose all their friends in Congress, and it's actually going to be worse for them. I'm going to stop them. Killing them all is actually better for the Indian population in the future. Yeah, yeah, there's all uh, kinds of things you can do because you have this kind of foreknowledge about some of the other possible things that could happen in the future. Your character can be the positive change. Right. I could shoot Andrew Jackson, assassinate him, and then he doesn't sign into existence the laws that caused the Trail of Tears that killed an awful lot of Indians from the, the area in which I live. Make sure you get the first shot. He was a nut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that, that that would be a good idea because quite possibly his vice president could have been even more on board with it than he was. He could have been a moderate in comparison. I don't know. If you're not a huge history buff and some of your players are, that could be terrible for the GM because they'll be saying, well, no, no, this would have happened and this would have happened. And like that. That's why my personal opinion is if I'm going to do time travel, I'm going to do big time travel. You know, where we're going back to the dinosaurs or we're going into the far-flung future or, you know, something where there's enough time passing that you're in a whole different situation or you're doing something that is localized in the sense that you're trying to do a very focused thing and you're not trying to change the big thing. You're enjoying the fact you're in this rather interesting setting. You know, you're in Nazi Germany during World War II, and you're stealing paintings off of a train that they've stolen out of the houses of rich Jews. But you know that that train's going to get hit by Allied fire, and ever, all the, the pictures on the train are going to get destroyed. So you do that. You haven't actually changed the future, and you're because and those are going to get destroyed anyways. And you take them now back into the future, and now future people can enjoy them because you've saved them. Yeah. I don't know, talking about going back in the past, way far back in the past in time, I keep thinking of Homer Simpson. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a good example of why time travel can be a problem. <laughs> so, And the end result of the whole story was close enough. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Be careful, because I've had uh, PCs go off in a multidimensional adventure and wind up having to do a really cheesy GM's fiat to get them back home. Now, one of the ideas that I had about time travel was you don't engage in time travel, but 
you can benefit from the effects of somebody else engaging in time travel. One of the forms of space travel is time travel, where you get into a, a machine, envelops the spaceship, and then the machine goes either forward in time and backward in time. It's anchored to a spot in the universe, which means the universe revolves beneath it or around it or whatever way you want to look at it. So a, uh, a planet that is five, six light years away However much time it takes for the galaxy to rotate that planet over to you to your present location, that's how much time you go into the future or past. Then you land on the planet and you start a civilization and you might even be able to go continue to go forward and backwards in time, going back to Earth, getting more colonists, more supplies, going forward back and doing that. Okay. My head just exploded again. Okay. <laughs> Here's where it gets interesting. Okay. You're on the fringe path. You have access to the star platforms. Let's say one of those worlds that they're going to using this time travel method is one of the worlds that the portal system is connected to. Um, the amount of time involved in that would be billions of years. No, almost no stars in this galaxy are yeah. aimed directly at us. If you like had a machine that froze you in a specific space and time, the galaxy yeah. would just run away from you. I mean, ow! The galaxy just plows away from you heading towards the Andromeda galaxy, and you're stranded all off in nowhere all by yourself. The galaxy's moving. The planets are moving. The stars are moving. Everything's moving relative to everything else. Thinking about it too closely, I, you know, I have to go put a splint on my brain now. Okay. Jay, let me try to put a Band-Aid on that, that wound, okay? This is an alternate universe. Let's say that the, the way that the universe is lined up, you know, where you are on the opposite side of the galaxy, and you're essentially traveling backwards. Yeah. Okay. And when the when the galaxy rotates, uh, it moves through space. So essentially, when you go into the the past or the future, everything's more or less lined up. So you're actually going into the more dense part of, of the galaxy. So the chances are of you running into one of those worlds is actually pretty darn good. Again, what's the difference between that and just a spaceship that moves? Because your spaceship's going to have to move relative to the center of the galaxy, too. Because okay. the galaxies aren't static. They are flying through space at a huge speed. Right. Well, that's the whole point. That's why this kind of time travel, through sp spaceship moving through time, is able to get to another planet. It's because okay. the, the, the galaxy is rotating fast enough, the, the expansion of the universe is happening fast enough, that you're, you're going to end up in another planet before the, 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 all the stars in the galaxy burn out or something. But you can go to that world that they're going to by going either to the past or the future in present day because you're using the fringe system. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, that gives some rather interesting possibilities because let's say you go to that world and they're going to be arriving in the future. Let's say the world that's doing the time travel is a really imperialistic, we're going to take over the universe kind of culture. And you go to this world and you find this nice avatar peace, peaceable kind of world. And you know that they're, they're going to be yeah. arriving in, let's say, 50 years. Let, I, I mean, I don't want to get into the math, okay? But I'm just saying is that let, let's, it's going to happen in 50 years, 100 years, some re relatively you know, meaningful amount of time. If you're going to say 50,000 years, then, of course, that's totally meaningless. Whatever happens, happens. But where you have this sense of impending doom for these kindly people, this culture that you know is going to be trampled and destroyed when these spaceships arrive. Okay, at that point, you have an opportunity then to go and say, 
okay, I'm going to tell the, teach these people how to engage in war, or I'm going to teach, tell them, create legends saying when these people show up, this is this is a bad thing, and, and they need to put the you know kill them where they stand, or or send them away, or you know form a a mental galactic collective and 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 send the, and and hide the planet or something. Okay, that's a, that's an okay. adventure right there that you could do. Okay, you could get a similar effect by having a uh, alt portal open up on North, on the North American continent in 1445. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and that would be an alternate. Yeah. This to me is interesting because you're actually using another one of the portals that almost never gets used. Yeah, you're that's true. Going to a star portal, and, and so because it is an, uh, an alien world, you actually get to have a whole alien world to work with. Yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, making up my Fringeworthy game, the stellar portal is the stellar platform is the one I really didn't touch, and I have to say that uh, that was another case of oh my god, it's big. Because once you get up to that stellar platform, where did the Tremelorans send those uh, send those rings from that thing? What did they consider interesting? And then you're into you know kind of a Star Trek problem. Make up a new, a strange new world every week. All right. The other alternative, Jay, is where they did this in the past. So you go out to that same world, all right, and they've arrived there and been destroyed, and you could then go and say, oh. Well, then let me go back to the prime. Let's say they haven't left yet. And you go back to the prime, you say, hey, guys, you know, <laughs> bad news. Things are, bad things are going to happen to you once you get there. So maybe you need to make some adjustments. And, of course, you have to convince them to do these things. Or uh, you go there and you see what they have become. They get there and you're now seeing the future of this same culture lived out for uh, uh, 50, 100 years on this planet. The point is, is that you, you can go back to say, look, this is what happened on that world when I went to. And they say, oh, well, gee, uh, maybe uh, we need to change the proportion of male to female. Maybe uh, uh, sending everybody there with a copy of Ayn Rand wasn't, wasn't a good <laughs> idea. Because I happen to love the game Bioshock. I can see a lot of people using this as a method to go out and create their own ideal world based upon some philosophy you know this kind of diaspora where everybody has a time travel spaceship and they can go to another world they all get to you know create their own little culture and some of them are end up really badly and so you can go back to those people and say well you know this worked out really well or it could be even better if you do this or it could be it was really bad and you need to stop this and they might turn around and tell you well that's just exactly what we wanted to happen we haven't looked at the other, the other form of time travel, which is, as Bruce has already hinted, informational time travel. You can't travel in the past, but you can send information into the past, which is a different situation altogether. They tell people that something bad happens and you need not do this, which in most cases should destroy that future and make a new one. It's essentially the same thing. The only difference is you're not physically doing it. So what happens to the characters in such a future? We go through timeline A, and it turns out bad. So they send a message back saying, don't do that. And then it splits off into timeline B, where they heard that message and did something different. What happens to the PCs at that point? They're probably standing there wondering why they're just standing there with a device in their hand and <laughs> with an empty spool on it because they never had a reason to, to put the, the information on the spool. There was actually a novel by James P. Hogan called Thrice Upon a Time, where... 
that situation happened. Basically, they end up telling him, don't turn the time machine on. Yeah, I I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. You're saying, okay, we're going to use this time machine to, to correct the past. And so <laughs> you send information into the past, and they do make something different. Okay, well, now in the future, you're looking at it, and you're saying, oh, well, you know, this could be better if this was a little different. And so you send that some more information. Mm-hmm. And you do this repetitiously forever. I mean, you might never your, your timeline might essentially end at that point because you're always going to be changing the past. There's no future anymore because you're constantly changing the past. Yeah. Well, that's why I said that you know the the most likely ha- thing that's going to happen if you have time travel is you're going to keep changing the past to the point where time travel is impossible. Yeah. Uh, or no one's ever thought of it. And so, therefore, you can't do it. And now you can go forward in the future because you're no longer changing the past. It, essentially, it erases itself from causality because it's such a big troublemaker. Um, it's okay if your head explodes to put it aside and make up a story that does not involve time travel for a while. <laughs> Especially if you can't go into the past. Past is set. Past has happened. Future hasn't happened yet. So here you are. You're trapped in a room. Somebody's got a, a fuel air bomb about to explode. All right? You've got a time machine. Hit the button. You know, 15 minutes into the future. Bomb's gone off. You're still alive. Bad things for everybody else around. But the point is that you survived that because you didn't exist during the time period in which the bad things happened. So time travel into the future, even short amounts, could really be nice. That's true, yeah. Kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's kind of like a stasis thing, except you're kind of skipping ahead in, in time. Another thing you could do is somebody is dying. You send them into the future. You don't go yourself. You send them into the future, let's say 200 years in the future, where theoretically uh, they'll have a cure for that disease. Mm-hmm. So now they, they, they've been kicked into the future and... You don't know where they lived or died, but you did your best, you know, or you, you go with them and uh, they're, they're, they're safe and then you come back into the past. You haven't screwed up causality because you sent them into the future. Well, you may have, and this is a problem with time machines, okay? Imagine we're, we're walking down the street one day and a steampunk time machine drops out of the sky at us. And here's a guy from 1811, badly injured. But we can call you. We can use our cell phones to call a uh, ambulance to get him to the hospital. Now we've got his machine sitting here, and what happens to that? And pretty soon, you know, uh, depending on your view of the world, either we've got you know a, a UN time travel project, or we've got a CIA black ops time travel project, and our friend from 1811 has just opened up a huge can of worms. Yeah, but if you by sending his time machine into the into the future. And not really being sure of who he who he gave it to. Right, but if he but if you can't go into the past, then your present is at least safeguarded. If if I may break in briefly, uh, Gary Stahl just pointed out to me an episode of XKCD, episode seven sixteen has a very brief time oh. travel plot to it. I recommend it. Was that a British show or? No, it's a, a web comic. www.xkcd Dot com. Oh, the the other infamous time travel plot plot point was uh, the time tunnel. <laughs> you remember that old TV show from back in the sixties? Yeah, I love it. They they could go back. They could they could affect time a little bit. They could affect events a little bit. 
but when they got close to actually doing anything, the machine would turn on and send them someplace else. <laughs> right. Again, they were agents yes. of destiny. They were essentially they were doing what was what needed to be done there to establish what was already yep. part of history. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of a deterministic view of history there. Oh, right. But, right. Uh, you know, a a GM infringeworthy doesn't have to be locked into that. But he has to have a very stretchy brain. Stretch out before you consider time travel plots. But see, uh, you know, if your players just want to experience the what it would have been like to have been part of those events, then that's good. It's okay, you know, because they're not changing the future. They're, you know, they're just playing their parts. And if they hadn't been there, maybe something would have gone wrong, and the events wouldn't have occurred as they did. And so they're actually essentially establishing time. Let's say if you didn't show up and stop somebody from doing something, they would have killed Albert Einstein. So by you showing up and doing that, you stop that from happening. You're saying, wait a second. Was, you mean Albert Einstein shouldn't be alive? We changed the past? No. You were part of the past. You were part of the timeline. Your appearance was exactly what was necessary to create the timeline you already know. And that's what I'm talking about, agents of, of destiny. I mean, those are fun adventures where, you know, you, the GM basically keeps surprising you because you think you know what's going to happen next, but something else happens and you're like, oh, well, then i got to make sure this happens. And then you have to work hard to figure out some way to make it happen. Uh, there's whole role-playing games out there that are based on this idea. There's one called Temps where all the time travel agents are people from temp agencies because temp agency people mm -hmm. are totally unimportant. So therefore, you can take those people and send them back into time to actually uh, to to do certain jobs because they weren't important in your own timeline. So if they got edited out by whatever it is that they did, it wouldn't change the present because they weren't important in the first place. It's kind of an interesting idea. I like it, but anyways, it's uh, and they have all kinds of things that they can do to kind of you know bring it into the line of the timeline. They they can actually change causality a number of ways to bring it to what they want. And when they do it really well, then really it's cool things, really cool things start happening. So I would recommend at least checking it out if you want to do a time travel adventure because they deal with a lot of these issues of causality and paradox. So that you'd have to think about at least to do one of these kinds of adventures. So time travel can be done in a fringe-worthy game you already knew that there's a number of different ways that you can do time traveling the the first and easiest way is what we've already introduced before which are time shifted worlds where it's really the present it's just the world seems to be in the past because events on that universe happen either earlier or later than they did in the universe in which earth prime is from the other possibilities deal with actually real-time travel on a world and in the node and what we recommend there is that if you're going to let people go into the near past, then they have to pretty much understand the fact that they're not going to be able to change the present. The events that they do have to, in some way, establish the present that they left. They're agents of, of destiny. If you do allow them to go in and radically change the past and therefore, in essence, reshape the present, then the safest thing to do, which was Jay Holly's idea, was to say, okay, they get shunted off into an alternate where they get to do these things. But as soon as they leave the portal, they basically get bounced back onto the French path, and that alternate that was created just implodes, and none of the uh, things that they did actually happened. 
this could be a, a problem in the sense that they may the players may seem that their actions are futile. So, but you could use this if you're doing kind of time retrieval type missions where you're going into the past to collect some information or to find a, a lost piece of artwork or anything like that where you could take it with you. You can take something with you back to the portal, then losing that piece of alternate time is okay. It still doesn't invalidate the player's actions. If you travel in the future, then you have to make sure that if you travel back in time, then you're not going to invalidate the future you just traveled into. Uh, you know, is this can be very hard for the GM to deal with. Again, the players have to be on board with it. The easier alternative to that is just simply to say, if you travel into the future, you can't travel back. And you go through the portal, and then at that point, it could either bounce you back to the, your present on the fringe path, or you could be in the future of the fringe world universe. Uh, this can be an excellent way of moving your characters into the later part of the Fringeworthy campaign, the Fringeworthy timeline. You have characters who've been doing the first part of it. You say, well, yeah, I want to start our next adventure five years, ten years further down the Fringeworthy timeline. Well, instead of them having to kind of hand wave their experiences over the last five years and rebuild their characters as high-level characters, you can simply take them to a world in which they went into the future and now when they went back to the portal, it's now 10 years in the future, and they got to deal with a whole new IDET. Uh, and that could be a real easy way of transitioning it with the least amount of work for you and the players into the, a further point in the timeline. Well, that could be a lot of work. I mean, I can see the GM just smiling and say, oh, you want to go five years in the future? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and at that point, you're, you know, first off, you got to prove who you are to Ida, because you've been gone for five years. Yeah, we thought you were dead. How do they know you just are some alternate fringe-worthy person from an alternate <laughs> world who's taking the identity of the person from Earth Prime? Yeah, We've already established that pretty much you can't prove that unless there's a physical difference. Yeah. I mean, your, 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 your DNA is going to be the same, all this kind of There's really no way you can prove, you know, the best way you can do is to put you into the, into the alien core as aliens instead of as people from Earth Prime. Which means you won't have access to your bank accounts. Right. Yeah. But, John, we're summarizing here. I know. We're summarizing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so well, You bring up a great topic, Bruce, and there we are. You know, we have to say this for a later time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those of you who want to know more, post a, a message onto our board saying, hey, tell us more about what you think would happen if somebody suddenly got time shifted into the future of the Fringeworthy timeline and had to prove their identity to the people back at Earth Prime. Oh, yeah. The safest route is, of course, to go far into the past and far into the future so that if you do make changes, the mists of time will pretty much overwrite anything that you've done and things will still end up the way that they should have been. Yep. But it, again, it's, it's up to the GM and the players. As a final statement, players, help your GM. Cut them some slack. This is one of the hardest things to write of any kind of story without making it a plot hammer. And you know, you hate the plot hammer, the GM hates the plot hammer you, but if you do time travel, there's a lot of that. Just cut him some slack, cut her some slack, and see how it, where it goes. And, and don't be afraid to experiment. You can always just say it's a dream, right, John? Yep, yep. And if you do go in the far past, feel free to put stainless steel bands Friendship bands around dinosaurs' arms when they're found in the future, they still got the stainless steel bands on their arms. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not even going to ask. Jay, Jay, any final words? Time travel can be difficult. It can spin out of control really easy, but the same things will make it work that make any story work. A problem that PCs can make better and people that they get that people that the players give a darn about. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, Jay. It was fun to have you on again. Uh, we thank have, you for having me in. Thank you once again for joining us for the Fringeworthy podcast. We'll be seeing you again next week, unless, of course, our future selves come back and tell us it was a really bad idea. So, <laughs> until then. I won't believe me anyway. Have fun.